What's up, the Line Church? Welcome to our online library. We hope this message blesses you and causes a shift inside of you. Be blessed and stay tuned. And I am so pumped to preach God's word. I haven't preached in like 14 days and I am so white. Amen. So are you ready for the word? Yeah. Amen. So let's open our Bibles real quick to the book of Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And I think we start from verse 8. No, uh, sorry, just put it up. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Verse 13. Amen. Matthew chapter 2 and in verse 13. It says this. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to where? Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to what? Kill him. Next verse. So he got up. That's Joseph. He got up, took the child and his mother during the, during the night and left for Egypt. Verse 15. Where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord has said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Amen. Very well. Before, very quickly, before we go into the next, before we go into the next. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, what is this? Okay. So when Herod, I'm so sorry. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and his vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Amen. I believe that's like the last one for now. So before before we sit down, I'm before I talk about my sermon title, I'm going to show you one more scripture, one more verse of the scripture that I love so much that I, you have probably heard it a billion times over, but I just just dropped in my heart this week that I should talk about it also. Let's just, so that's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says this. Next, please. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Come on, come on, what's going on? It says this, all right. And we know. Say we know. No. Come on, say we both. Say we know. No. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Come on, if that's you, let me see your hand up. Say, I have been called according to God's purpose. Amen. So the word God laid in my heart today is, guess what? They work together. Say they work together. Say they work together. And Father God, we ask, Lord, that as we go into your word, you will teach us. It would just be you, Holy Spirit. I'm just here as whatever, um, and, uh, 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 a capsule, God. It's in me, God, is your word, Father God. Like in vessel, I submit myself unto you. That these people, your children, will get, would fetch life from these words that I am about to say, Father God. And it would change our lives for good. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Woo! Man, man. Oh, man. I, I tell you, um, I'm so pumped to preach, like, around, like, nine or so, i don't know very early this morning god woke me up like son get up i was like yes sir i was like huh like this is very crazy mom was doing yoga in, in the living room today I was just, i'm sorry I'm not, I'm not supposed to say that but she was doing yoga in the living room today i was just did i was just like i was so pumped i couldn't wait to preach this sermon because god has been like brewing this in my spirit for like two weeks now something like that and i just cannot wait to, to share what god has laid in my heart amen so I, 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 i'm saying this today because i want you to be really expected right one thing that disqualifies you from getting anything from God is when you're not expecting anything from God. But what's the point of why would God waste his time giving you what you're not expecting for? God wants you to expect so he can exceed your expectations. Amen. All right. Now, um, I love where we I picked this, you know, this the passage of scripture that I'm using to I'm going to use to preach today. Um, not just the one in Matthew 2, talking about the one in Romans 8. Right? That's a very popular scripture. Can you go back there, please? That's a very popular scripture. Everybody here must have heard that scripture. If you've heard that scripture, let me see your hand. Um, God works together, everything together for our good. So everybody has heard this scripture before, and I love it so much because it's so true. We're 100% true. But the only problem I have with this scripture is this. Not, well, not the scripture with us, human beings. Is the fact that, you know, you know the people who post, like, who, if you're like scrolling through Instagram or something like that, and they post only one verse in like a whole chapter, that just one verse, you don't know what came before it, you don't know what comes after it, you just, just one verse, right? And they just like, everybody just quotes this thing, nobody knows what precedes it and what comes after it, which is like very, very crazy because, like, it's, it's, it's almost like, I think what Joseph Prince said it this way. He said, when you take a text out of context, what you're left to is what? When you take text out of context, what's the, what you're left to is what? Con. <laughs> Which is very crazy and it's very true. Because it's okay. Because someone's like, what are you saying, Pastor Mano? Alright. Imagine now if I caught you at your worst moment in life. The the worst thing you've ever done that I don't want anybody to know, right? That you know. We all know the stuff that we've done, nobody knows about. And probably nobody will ever know this, right? But imagine if I caught you that time 
like live and direct, just there, there and then. And then I start labeling you based on that one experience. You know that it kind of like it, it produces because text out of context leaves you with con, leaves you to con people, right? So it produces a false perspective of who you are. Is it making sense, everybody? Yes. The same way I look at this passage of the scripture, not just this one, Matthew 2, going back to Matthew 2. With the, the part where we write now is about Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You know the story? Jo- Joseph, Mary, Jesus, giving birth to Jesus, uh, Magi, that's uh, 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 the wise men. We know the story, and where we read now is very, we, we are quite familiar with the, with the idea, with the topic. But I feel like we need to like, go back a little bit and really embrace the context. Tell somebody, don't leave out the context. Don't leave out the context. Don't leave out me based on my worst experience. Don't leave out the context. Because there's so much in the context of this story that I, that I got laid in my heart that I want to show you guys today. And I pray that it changes your life the way it changed mine this week. Are you ready? All right, now. So now, Matthew chapter 1, 6 of genealogy, takes, uh, take, takes Jesus back to, uh, the, from Adam down to Jesus. Right? Not just that. Then also in this book, of, in Matthew chapter 1, it speaks about a young girl whose name was Mary. You know Mary, right? And the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, Hey Mary, um, blessed are you Mary, blessed are you amongst women. He didn't say above women, he didn't say beneath women. Amongst women. You are blessed amongst every, every other woman around you. You're blessed amongst every... Oh, sorry, this sounds like I'm talking about women alone. But as a guy, you're blessed amongst other guys. You're favored by God because God has... I mean, you have God's attention. Amen. That's what it means. And so the angel came and said, Hey, blessed are you amongst women. Right? And you will have a child. You know the story? And you, you name him Jesus. He will come and save the entire world. Are you paying attention, everybody? Now, we... we, we Kind of like skim past, skip past it, like it's just like, yeah, that was like wonderful. That was like a very wonderful moment. And we have so many songs from this, like a uh, long time ago in Bethlehem, something like that. And so many, and we have Silent Night, Holy Night, and so many wonderful songs and stories behind the story. But if we look closely with intent at these verses, that there's something there. And it's that, first of all, the Mary that we're talking about, right? The one who gave birth to Jesus. And so the time the angel of God appeared to her, Guess how old she was? Scholars say Mary was about 14 to 16 years old. Okay. Now, first of all, 14 to 16 years old. Talk about child abuse. <laughs> 14 to 16 years old. But the angel didn't go to someone who was 20 plus or 30 years old. Someone who was more mature somehow. So God chose immature people. A 14-year-old girl. To be the savior of the entire world. Okay. Context, everybody. Context, everybody. Not just that. Now, Mary was not just alone. She was betrothed. Uh, the idea of, bethro- of people being, I don't know, betrothed, that's like an Asian word. I don't even know who this is anymore. It's like, it's called being engaged. And this is how they did engagement back then. If I remember vividly, my teacher told me when I was in high school, it's like very long. And it was like they would toss coin into like a pot of water. I don't know, really know what happens. But the point is, when children are still very much children, infants, right? They say, okay, you, uh, child A, will marry child B. Now, what are them? They had, first of all, they are still, all they, can, all they knew back then was ba 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 ba. I want to eat, like ba ba ba. That's all they knew. And so they, like, they'll say, okay, you'll be engaged to this person. I know, like, you, compared to like, the kind of like, life we have right now like if you ask someone a woman what did you guys meet like oh my god we met in the club like <laughs> unlike unlike mary and joseph they didn't even meet anywhere they were just like the father and mother just agreed with other people you know what let our let our daughter marry your son uh, we hope they will be fine and we hope the your husband your boy is handsome if it's not sorry for story for the gods like they had no other option right and so now they've been engaged to each other joseph and mary 14 year old mary but don't forget now an angel appears to Mary and tells Mary, hey, um, you're going to have a son and everything. Now, first of all, we, we have to like look, at, look at this story from Mary's perspective. Mary is having to wrestle with this idea because it does not come naturally. Mary is having to like battle with this thing internally. Like, I, first of all, like, all from nowhere, an angel in light just appeared to me and tells me that I would have a child. That I'll be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and I'll conceive i have not even known any man aka i'm still a virgin 
right? That, I mean, not like the one Tenny sang in a song, but like she's actually still a natural virgin, right? So it's, it's, it's like very crazy. Like she's having to wrestle with this thing. Now, guess what? It's not just that. Now she also now needs, now she, she, pers- she, she has, she's still trying to wrestle with, uh, she's wrestling with her doubts right now, whether or not this thing the angel said is possible or whether she was dreaming or not. Now she still has to, sh- now she now also has to like, but she has not fully believed in herself, right? Share the same thing with Joseph. I don't know if you're listening, everybody. I don't know if you've ever been in like positions in life where, right, where you're not even fully, you're not, you, you don't, I don't know how to put this Holy Spirit, help me with the right words. You, you're not even so confident, you're not very confident in something, and then you also have to share it with people. Talk about like opening my wounds. Like I personally, I didn't plan on saying this, but the truth, this is the truth. I don't like sharing my plans until I'm very sure of them. I don't like even sharing my thoughts until I'm very sure. I remember telling my, telling my family one time, we were talking about a certain woman, and I kept on saying, you know what, until t- next two weeks before I know, before I can say what, I, what I've been thinking. I waited three weeks to say the same thing. To just say one thing. And was like, okay, I was just, it was just about like what I've been studying, observing about this person. That I was not 100% sure about. So I was kind of like, I don't want to say this thing because if I say it and then it, come, came, it, comes, it turns out to be wrong. I don't want people to look at me like something's wrong with you. You judge people like prejudice. I didn't want that. So I held that thing in my mind for like two weeks. If I could say it. Now how much more Mary? She had something very crazy. And she's engaged to someone. And now she has to tell this person what she doesn't even 100% understand yet. I don't know if you're listening. And so now, she tells Joseph. Now Joseph, like every normal guy I believe, would hear the story and be like, okay, Mary comes to him and like, oh Joseph, I, I don't understand. Like, a guy like wives appeared to me, I was like, you know, like you're blessed amongst women and you're going to have like a child, you're going to get pregnant very soon. And Joseph is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm not sure I heard you early. You're going to do one now? She, uh, she, he said I'm going to be pregnant. I, I didn't say he said it. Pregnant. Okay. Okay. A, a man in white clothing, right? Okay. <laughs> I know the man. <laughs> like, show me the man. Like, show me the man. But she told, she told, she told um, Joseph this thing, right? And guess what? Joseph also did not understand it. Right? It's crazy how like, God gives you a vision and then you have to share and you don't fully understand it. Then you have to share it with people and they also don't understand. And then she shared it with Joseph. And guess what? Joseph didn't believe. Because he was lost. Right? And I don't blame Joseph because I feel like we blame Joseph so many times for. Because you know what Joseph said? You know what? He said, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I will silently call off this engagement. Because Joseph loved this girl so much. Right? And this is just like a, a side note, right? If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, and you want to go into any relationship, don't just break up anyhow. Right? Like, break up in a very godly way. Like, Joseph was about to break up with Mary. Literally. I mean, like, heartbreak was literally sitting in our Bibles. We don't even know. Joseph was about to break up with Mary. But he doesn't want to do it like, you, you've been sleeping with a man around? She was like, you know what? I'll just call the engagement off. Si- I'll call it off silently, peacefully, because he loves her so much. I don't know if you, how you claim to love somebody and then just because the person messed up one time you, and then you broke up the relationship, then you go about telling other people she's a bad person or he's a bad person. Don't do that. That's messy. Don't do that if you're a child of God. Don't, don't do that. Right? Encourage them. Teach them to be better. Or just leave them and keep them out shut and bounce. Simple. Anyway, but we, we, I feel like we blame Joseph so much or so many times, right? That how, would you not, how would you not believe Mary if you say you love her? Why don't you believe her? Listen, listen. Something happened to me this week. Oh my God. I'm so full of, I'm full of so many stories today. Something happened to me this week, right? It was on Thursday in my house around 1 a.m. Guess what happened? So I, it was around 1 a.m. My phone was like 16%. Like the, my phone's battery level was like was at 15, 16%. And I wanted to plug my phone. And then I started looking for my charger. I have never, my entire life, I have never looked for my charger like I did Thursday morning, 1 a.m. I started scrambling. Looking for my chargers, checked under the chair, checked everywhere. No charger. I went to my mom, I was like, Mom, please, have you seen my charger? My mom was like, Char- your charger? No, I haven't seen it. My mom got up at 1 a.m. to look for my charger for me. I said, look for my charger everywhere. Where's my charger? Where's my charger? My mom was also looking for my charger for me. But guess what? As I started looking for my charger, at some point, when I didn't see my charger, I started suspecting my mom. Like, 
Why would my mom leave her a bed at past 1 a.m. to do for my charger? Did she take this charger? <laughs> is she trying to punish me with this? It was just like, why would my mom, like, did my, is my mom trying to punish me by taking away my charger? I was honestly suspicious at this point. Because don't, don't get me wrong, the truth is, in the absence of answers, something grows. In the absence of answers, something grows. Joseph had no explanation for what was going on in Mary's life. And guess what had to grow? Doubts. In the absence of answers, something always grows. But some of us is doubts. Some of us is anxiety. When we, we don't have any answer to what, like, what, where we are right now in our lives, like we are very confused. Guess what? We become very anxious. Like, oh my God, I hope I'm not messing up. I hope my life is not getting destroyed. In the absence of answers, something grows. That's the same thing that happened with me when I was searching for my treasure because I, had, I couldn't find it and I was looking for it and in that space in between, something will always bloom. I believe the same thing happened with Joseph. Confusion, anxiety, doubt started to bloom in that space. I don't know if you're paying attention everybody. So like, I'm, I'm saying all of this because I'm building up to an idea. I've not, I've not gotten to like, the pierce the resistance of my sermon yet. I just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to build it up so everybody can follow me. Right? Because, like I said, context. Let's never live, live out context anymore. Right? Context, context, context. Now, Joseph went through all of this thing. And then, at some point, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in his dream and said, Hey, Joseph, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, cool down, man. Chill it, chill it, chill it. Um, so the baby in this girl's womb right now, like, is God the Father who put it there. And uh, just, uh, like, dude, she's, she's good. She's clean, she's clean. She's pure, whatever. So Joseph believed... But guess what Joseph still didn't do? Even though Joseph believed that that was from God. You know one thing he didn't do? He didn't, have, he didn't come close to her. So close to say that mistakenly he now owns the child. <laughs> Talk about people doubting. Right? But don't blame these people. Because if we look closely at the text, you wouldn't blame them also. You understand where they were coming from. I understand everybody. And so they, um, nine months after, we see Mary give birth, right, to Jesus. And um, when Mary gave birth, gave birth to Jesus, you know, we know the story. Um, Magi, that's wise men, not three wise men. The Bible doesn't put a number to it, right? Wise men came from the east to meet, to greet baby Jesus. By the way, wise men are not, they're not Christian men, right? Wise men are men who watch the stars. Speak about a horoscope, a horoscopy. God does not permit horoscope. People, you watching the stars for signs, God does not permit it. But God will use it. God will use it so long as it is for his glory. I don't want, I don't want you, I don't know what, is, what you have been going through right now, and I feel like I'm just I'm, I'm jumping the gun right now, but I don't know what you've been going through in your life right now, and you're like, no, God cannot use that because that's a very bad part of me. No, God cannot use that because, no, nobody, nobody wants to know about that. God cannot use it. If God could use wise men, people who check the stars, who God does not permit, so an act or activity God does not permit. If God could use them to his own glory, there's nothing in your life that God cannot use for his glory. Do you believe that? Yeah. There is nothing in your life that God cannot use for his glory. Amen. Amen. So now, um, they brought gifts, you know, this gift, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, whatever other gifts they brought, amongst the many other gifts they brought for baby Jesus. You know, but after giving birth to Jesus, by the way, by the way, before I forget, when they were on their way, right? Because, by the way, he now fell into a, a very bad time. Talk about bad moments. Mary, first of all, is about 14 years old and she's due, nine months pregnant, due already, to give birth anytime soon. What am I break anytime so like he does in Hollywood movies? Oh my god, my water is broken. Like that kind of moment could happen anytime, right? And this same Mary. Now, now talk about bad timing. Now, Herod asked that everybody should go to their hometown and go and sign up for census. Very bad moment. Go and sign up for so now now there were no cars then, no Lamborghini, and trust me, there were no trains or, or planes. So Herod, sorry, so Joseph and Mary had to trek. From whatever they were to Bethlehem. Okay, the way movies picture it for us, let's say Mary was sitting on a donkey. 
Point is that she had to travel. And if you know anything about doctor's advice when you're pregnant, don't travel. Especially when you're due. You can't just be traveling like that. And then now she had to travel. She and her husband had to travel a very long distance. Now guess what? When they even got to Bethlehem, there was no place for them to stay. Talk about you are carrying in your, in your womb the savior of the entire world and you have no place for him. No five-star hotel, nothing like that. Only a manger. You know what a manger is? A sheep house. No, just not just sheep. Sheep, horses, like a com- culmination of all of those animals. Dirty, stinky, with um, what's that, what's, whatever thing they eat. Straw. That's the only thing. And that's where she gave birth to baby Jesus. Talk about crazy things that we skip over. So, so often. We so often skip over these, de- these details. Anyway. So now, um, she gives birth to baby Jesus. And I want to show you something. I, I, I want you to help me put something up on the screen now. Um, a verse in scripture, the verse we started reading from, is, is actually where my actual sermon starts. Remember what my, what my sermon title is? They work together. Remember that? They work together. Now I want you to go back to um, verse 13 from Matthew 2. If you open with your Bibles, you can just do that for me. Matthew chapter 2. And in verse, no, no, go back. Matthew chapter 2 and in verse 13. No, back, 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 back. I think like two or three more. One more. One more. All right, good. Now everybody look at this. It says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Are you listening, everybody? Are you following? Yeah. When they had gone, the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Saying what? Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Right? Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to, not might, not probably will, is what? Going to search for the child to kill him. No, just go back. Now, there are many things I kind of like observed about this verse that just flipped me when I read it. Are you, are, we, are, you, are we here? So many things I read. Something, no, some, two things caught my attention in, this, in verse 13 and verse 14 that I want to show you here. Hmm? Number one, he says this. When they had gone, an angel of God appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to where? Escape, I want you to say this boldly. Escape to where? Egypt. Egypt. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but Egypt is not a very good place. This same Egypt is the same place that the children of Israel stayed for 430 years us as slaves. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And so God says what? Take the child and his mother and go to where? Egypt. Egypt is not the promised land. Egypt is not the holy land. So why would God say go to Egypt? I don't know if you're... I don't know if you... Am I the only one who is like... At this point also right now like why would god say go to egypt knowing fully well that egypt does not have a very good rap egypt has like talk about trauma talk about like one of my most traumatic experiences so i say go to the house of that person that molested you when you were a child that's how crazy it is because that's how egypt that's what egypt did to israel they literally molested and abused israel at a very young age for 430 years and then god is saying Go to the land of Egypt. Why would God say that? Why would God send Joseph, Mary, and Jesus to the same land of Egypt? I don't know if you're paying attention right now. And um, I, I don't mean to like, let me just do, add, add a little perversion to this, to this text. Permit me. Going to Egypt. Now, as preachers, we, we often attribute Egypt to a place of sin. Right, and I'm, I'm saying I said all that to say this. Right, um, I'm saying this rather. I do not condemn anyone here who has an addiction. I don't condemn anyone who is who is checking some websites they shouldn't. I don't condemn them because the only reason why Joseph and Mary and Jesus could escape to Egypt was because of the pressure in Israel. Oftentimes, when you find people who are addicted to certain stuff, 
they're not just smoking, drinking, or having sex because they just feel like doing it. Even if they say they do, but the truth is beneath what they say is their consciousness crying that there's so much pressure and there's so much they're having to battle with. When you find people going back to places, websites to, to relieve themselves, the truth is what they are looking for is escape. I don't know if you're listening to me right now. What they are looking for is what? Escape. And, it's, and, and so I don't really blame anybody who is doing it. Of course, I know that's not right. It's not right to do it. But I don't blame, I don't condemn anyone who does it. Because the truth is, sometimes the pressure of life is so much on our shoulders and our necks. What we seek for is what? Escape. And I feel the same thing in this verse. So returning back to this initial contextual interpretation. We see Joseph, Mary, and Jesus escaping the promised land. Right? Talk about a blessing. Escaping what is supposed to be the place of relief that has now added so much pressure onto your shoulders. Escaping it for somewhere like Egypt that is not the Holy Land. Why would God send them to Egypt? Oh God, help me preach this thing. Father, I just need you to help me preach this thing. Why would God send them back to Egypt? Knowing fully well what, Egypt's, what Egypt represents. Knowing fully well what Egypt stands for. So why would God send them to Egypt? God could have sent them somewhere else. Pakistan or South Africa. I don't know. But then he said, go to what? Egypt. Remember Egypt was the same place called split the, split the Red Sea. You remember that? So why would God send them there? Let my people go. That was Egypt. The seven or how many plagues? That was Egypt. Why would God send them back there? And it's this. Now I want you to pay close attention. Holy Spirit, help me preach this part of my sermon. Because this is where the sermon gets real. Now, I discovered that sometimes God sends us to Egypt in this sense to protect what we are carrying. Repeat attention. Sometimes we are carrying... I don't, I don't mean to say sometimes. All of you right, sitting right now, watching and listening to me right now, you are carrying something on your inside, right? And for a season, of, for a season in life, it might look like you are no longer, you are not where you are supposed to be to achieve what God has put inside of you. But God has put you where he has put you right now to protect what he has put inside of you. Are you listening? You might be in a season of... I don't know. Something I'm supposed to show you before I say this. But I'm just going to say that. You might feel that you're in a season right now that you cannot exactly explain. Like, this is not who I am. Or I have so much gifts, and I can sing, I can do all of that, but I'm not somewhere where I can exhibit my talents. Are you following now? I'm not somewhere where I can live up to my potential. I'm not somewhere where I can be all that God has called me to be. You feel like you are in an Egypt season of your life. Do not be afraid. God brings his children to Egypt to protect the possession he has kept in your hands. Are you following everybody? And when I say they work together, right? This is what I mean. Because I discovered some days ago, I said I have so many stories, so permit me to share this story. Some days ago, um, my mom asked that I help check something in the ceiling. That's in the roof of the house, right? That's the attic part of the house, right? And I, okay, to actually help check for bats, Right, if there were bats in the in like you know roof whatever, and so I went up to check if there were bats there. Yep, there were no bats. Thank God, Jesus Jesus gets the glory. If not, it'll be anointing oil all over the house. But there were no bats in our roof, right? But there's one thing I discovered as I went up to the the roof part of our house, the attic, the roof part of the house, and it was that although there were no bats, but guess one thing that there are in the roof of every house: heat, or there is. There is so much heat in your in the roof of the house than anywhere else in the house. It doesn't take you, it doesn't it doesn't take five seconds before you start sweating profusely. Just five seconds. So much heat at the top of the house, and it makes me wonder. And this might be like very corny, but permit me to like to cunningly preach right now. What I mean is, it makes me wonder how many of us desire to get to the top or to be at the top, but we despise the heat that comes with it. Are you following now, everybody? Like my sermon is, this is like the real part of my sermon right now. 
How many of us desire to be at the top, whatever the top looks like for you? To have influence, to be famous, to be great, the best footballer, best singer, best whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. But you hate the heat that comes with it. We, see, you, we, we live in a generation of people who we, we praise people's success stories so much, but we ignore their stressful struggles. But there's no top without hits. I don't know if you're paying attention to me right now. Like, you can go to a house and be like, wow, this house is like very pretty. So much. I love the chandelier. Like, everything is just properly. I love your cushion. Like, how much is this? And you, like, look at everything. You fall in love with it. And the house is like very cool. It's air conditioned. And everything is perfect. Until you go up to the, to the ceiling of the house. They call it asbestos. That's like a very, a very old English word. But until you go up to the upper part of the house the top of the house and discover how hard it is in that place that's like hell on earth the same way most of us we desire to be at the top right but we hate everything that comes with it but one thing you don't know is success story stressful struggle they work together and listen to me now they what they work together we elevate people's, we elevate after, after effects so much, right? We elevate people's highlights on Instagram. Wow, like this person looks so perfect. And the perfect picture, perfect pose, and perfect family vacation. And this is the kind of future I desire. Oh God, like send me a woman who knows how to like take care of me, who knows how to cook, who knows how to make funny TikTok videos. Shut your mouth. Do you have any idea what the man has to struggle with also? Do you have any idea what, everybody wants to be Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, but do you know the heat this will go through every day? Everybody wants to be, everybody, everybody wants to win an Oscar in acting. But do you know how many things you have to go through? Like trying to like, keep it, like keep it gospel and not deviate. Do you know how many things you have to push through? We talk about Joseph and Mary and we make the story so like fantastic and it is, it is holy, very fantastic. But I feel like it, we, we do the story injustice by leaving out important parts of this story. We talk about how successful it was to give birth to Jesus. We, we forget how stressful it was to also give birth to Jesus. How stressful it was mentally. How stressful it was in, externally. What they had to go through to arrive at this point. Because they work what? Together. They do what? They work together. Everybody say with me. They what? Work together. Everybody say with me. They work together. They work together. And there's, some, there's, there's, there's something I, I noticed again in this place. Right? I want to show you. I just want to show you one more verse. Help me with this. Help me with this. I want to show you one more verse. Right? And then I, I'll say a couple of things. Then I'll show you some other verses. Because I have like so many verses today. Today's Palm Sunday. All right? Like this is a palm of verses. It's <laughs> like very dumb. Sorry. All right. Just show me. Show me give, give me that scripture again. That's, uh, that's uh, uh, excuse me, Matthew 2, I think. All right, go back now. Go back. Okay, no, stay, okay now. Move forward. Matthew 2, 14. We're talking about Egypt, right? Now, Matthew 2, 14 says this. So he got up. Who is he? Joseph. He got up and took the child and his mother. When? During the night. Stay there. During the night. Do you know when I wanted to touch my sermon? I first wanted to touch my sermon during the night. Because I feel there's nothing more, there's no, pain, there's no pain more excruciating than pain of literally Mary carrying Jesus, right? As a pregnant woman now, or girl, and having to also go through so much stress. Like, it is, isn't it crazy how she's literally carrying Jesus, but she still has to go through some night seasons? Like, it's crazy how, and funny how, as believers, we carry Jesus, not in our wombs, in our hearts, system around. But we still have to go through certain night seasons. Depression, anxiety, fear. I don't know if you've ever had nights where you're like, you just cannot sleep. You feel like you're very, you're just robbed of sleep. Like, there's no peace in your mind. You're just very troubled. But you carry Jesus in your heart. Mary had to carry Jesus in her womb, but she still had to go during the night. The night time is very, is, night times are not very good times because you can't see. 
The very first thing the night robs you of is sight. Are you feeling me, everybody? Yeah. The very first thing the night, the night robs you of is what? Sight. And says they had to carry baby Jesus during the night. And left for Egypt. During the night. Here's why it makes more sense to me. This word, this phrase during the night. Next verse, please. Next verse, please. Next verse. I want to show you something. Where he stayed until the death of Herod. Now, where he stayed until the death of Herod. Now go back three verses. Go back three verses. That's like two, thirteen or, 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 or twelve, something like that. Go back. Okay, sorry, just stay here. Verse 13. Sorry. It says this. Get up, he said. Look at. Get up, he said. Take the child. This is the angel speaking. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Now listen to this. Stay there until I tell you. The angel did not attach a date to it. Are you, are you getting this? The angel of God could have said, stay there until uh, March 22nd, 2000, or whatever, when Herod will die this day. He could have done that, but the angel didn't. He said, stay there until I tell you. Why? Now, when I read about Egypt in this chapter and this context, it gives me a, d- a different idea. That Egypt is also a place of uncertainty. Like, I have no idea how long it would take before someone sees my skills. Someone sees my gifting. Someone sees that I am good. I have no idea how long it would take before someone recognizes me. I don't know if you're following. I have no idea how long it would take before people notice me. I have no idea how long it would take before my prayers get answered. Egypt now does not just represent a place of sin anymore. In this context, Egypt represents a place, a season of uncertainty. They had no idea when they were going to live, how they were going to live, or where they were going to go next. But they were in a season of uncertainty, and it was a night season also. I mean, it's crazy, but it's true that we can carry Jesus in our hearts, but still go and struggle through the night. Struggle with depression, with anxiety, and different things that we battle with. Battle with demons even. It's crazy how we can carry Jesus in our hearts, but still have to try to struggle through the stress, the painful agony of whatever it is that we are going through. It's stressful how we can carry Jesus in our hearts, but still have problems too. I mean, God, God, God showed me something this year. And I'm only sharing this, and this is none of your business anyway, but I'm only sharing this because, um, okay, first of all, I'm sharing this because I want you all to pray for me, yeah? I want you to actually, I, everybody here, even if it's, I know it's none of your business and I know it's none of your, it's not like your cup of tea, but pray for me this week, right? If it's just five seconds, just take, I don't know why you pray for me five seconds anyway, but because I pray for you longer than that, but just pray for me this week, right? That's the reason I'm saying this. God showed me something earlier this year, right? And God showed me that, God, 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 God told me, he said this, via his angel actually he said um he said god said um he has heard all your complaints and your desires you know growth and whatever thing um and by the way this was not like it was not like it was a physical thing like i'm not that this is not like very whatever thing i didn't i don't mean to like be so mystical this was like a vision god showed to me an angel came down and was like i heard god said god said he has heard all the complaints and everything that you're asking for concerning growth of the church and whatever but this is one thing God said, or the angel said God said. He said, well, God said, are you ready for everything that comes with it? God told me this back, far back in January or something like that. He says, are you ready for everything that comes with it? Because they are inseparable. And guess what? It took me three months to say yes, to even give God any answer. Matter of fact, I forgot it. Last Sunday after we left here, and I, I had my, my very good friend, Pastor Larry, come all the way from Oyo State down here to give, lead us in administration. And after I got home that day, I was so, I just felt like I needed to pray. And I was praying, and God just brought that thing back again. Are you ready for everything that comes with it? Everybody wants to be at the top. Everybody desires a success story. But nobody loves the stressful struggle. Nobody loves what they have to battle with. Nobody loves what they want to, what they would have to fight through. 
I mean, everybody wants to be like a superstar and whatever, but you have no idea the stuff you are going to have to face. Amen. And that verse we read in Romans 8. And this, that's why I took my sermon title from. That God works everything together for the good of them, the love of God, and accord according to his purpose. And I said everything. I said they work together, right? Say that with me, everybody. They work together. Again, everybody. They work together. Now listen to this. Now do you know that, which is very crazy, very crazy far. Move forward now, move forward now. Not even back, move forward. Um, do you know that actually... The same chapter of Romans 8. This is why I speak about not taking things out of their context, right? Because in the same chapter of Romans 8, literally about six or eight verses prior to where we read, Romans 8.28, God works everything together for the good of them, the Lord God, according to his purpose. Guess what? Just so you know, to have context, right? Because everybody, now, now this is the crazy part. Everybody listen to this. When we say God works everything together for the good, right? Some of us, if we take that verse out of context, we interpret it as this, that what God works together to turn out for my good has to be good. You feel me? Like, it has to be good to turn out good. That God can only use the good parts. Are you listening to me? That God can only use the perfect part of my story. That God can only use the good parts of my story. We interpret that verse like that. That all the good parts work together. For the good. Right? But do you know that if you actually go back eight verses there about, listen to what it says. Romans 8, verse 18. It says this. I consider, yes, listen now. I consider that our present what? Enjoyment? Partings? Present what? Sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now listen to this. With the glory comes the stressing. With, go back, go back, go back. With the glory comes what? The stressing. With the glory comes the suffering. They work together. Are you listening now? Now, next verse. Verse 19 says this now. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be what? Revealed. Now, verse 20. This is where this is what I'm going to. For the creation was subjected to what? Frustration. We want perfection. But it comes with frustration. They work together. Are you following me now? They work together. You cannot want one without having to go through the other. You cannot want a table in front of your enemies without first going through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, is this making sense now? Yeah. They work together. You cannot have Jesus, the savior of the entire world, without having Herod, the one who would try to kill the child. Okay. Without having night seasons where you have to walk heavily do with pregnancy and still walk through to Bethlehem just for a census. They what? Work together. Are you following, are you following now, everybody? Yeah. They work together. For the creation was subjected to frustration. They work together. And this is, why I, this is why I believe God gave me this sermon, right? Because I feel so pumped right now. And literally this morning, as, as, as I woke up trying to like pray and all that, God just started giving me a sermon for next week. It doesn't like always happen like that. But God just started giving, talking to me about next week. And I want you to be here next week, everybody. By all means. Be here next week. And I'm not just saying this to like beg you. I'm not begging you. Like I really mean it. If you miss next week, you miss it. That's it. But I want you to come next week. Right? Because now listen to this. And this is very crazy. Today, we're celebrating Palm Sunday. Right? Where Jesus rode on a donkey into, into uh, uh, you know, Jerusalem. And people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Right? But do you know that... Um, this is the craziest part. Alongside people who were shouting Hosanna, right? Came some people who were saying this. 
Tell this man to silence that to silence. I mean, silence this for your followers. Are you following me now? Like in the same crowd of people who are shouting Hosanna, in the same people kind of people who are celebrating, we had some people who are criticizing because they work together. Are you following me now? In the same like you want to be at the top, right? You want to be the best or whatever it is God has called you to be. Good. You have people who will celebrate you and some people who will talk you down. In the same crowd of people shouting, hey, Hosanna, 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 singing beautiful songs and all that. In the same crowd, with some Pharisees who would say, I don't think you should make your noise. Please tell your followers to silence, silence, silence your followers now, silence them. In the same crowd, they work together. Not just that, not just that now. The same Jesus who some men would clap for and shout for and lay palms, palm fonts and palm trees down and put your clothes on the floor for Jesus to ride on, upon, right? This, in this same crowd of people who would scream Hosanna, five days, from, five days from now, do you know what they'll be screaming? Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Are you listening now? Because they work together. Does it make sense, huh? Yes. They work together. Like nobody just nobody just arrives at the top without having to sacrifice something at some point. There's something you have to walk through, stuff you have to suffer through, people you'd have to lose on the way. Because they work together. Same people shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. Five days from now, Friday would scream. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Because they work together. Pin your feet, everybody. I'd love to end this sermon here. Before I do, let me say one thing. Because now Egypt is, is the space in between your prayer request, right? And your prayer's results. And listen to me now. In the space between your prayer requests and your prayer results, guess what is in between? Egypt, which also means frustration. If you feel like right now you are in a season of frustration, I want you to know that you are only sitting in between, the, in between your prayer requests and your prayer results. All right now? Now, this is the kind of prayer I want us to pray, right? And I don't want us to pray that... I don't want to pray that God would escape or help us dodge this heat. Right? Because like I said, if you must get to the top, you must feel the heat too. Right? Like, I am... Um, today, okay, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, um, Palm Sunday last year, if I'm not mistaken, I think I remember the sermon I preached and it was um, about God. Right? It was, um, I don't remember much of what I said in the sermon, but... I'm saying, what I'm saying, why I'm making reference to last year was between last year and this year, I know stuff that I've had to walk through also. Because you cannot just come here and preach every Sunday without at some point going through some personal, personal war of unbelief. At some point, you'll be like, I'm preaching to people and they're believing my words. Like, do I even believe what I'm preaching? These are not things that you can escape if you really want to be at the top. Right? So I don't want us to pray right now, and we won't pray right now for, for God to help us escape the fire. Because it says, when you go through the fire. Right? And so what I want us to pray right now is that God will use this fire. That this fire must not go to waste. That this heat must not be wasted. All the depression that I'm, that I'm fighting must not go to waste. Everything that I am battling with, wrestling with, must not go to waste. Father, this heat must not go. I just want you to talk to you right now. God, this heat must not go to waste. It cannot, I cannot afford to see it wasted, Father God. I cannot afford to see this heat wasted. God, this heat cannot go to waste. Everything and all this, this frustration cannot, cannot be a waste, God. You must use this one too, God. You must use this one also. God, you must use this one also. God, you must use this one also. God, you must use this one also. 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 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. I just, I don't know what season of life you might be in right now. Every eye closed in this voice. I don't know what season of life you might be in right now. Maybe it's a season of frustration, of anxiety, whatever. You've prayed, but you're not seeing the answers to your prayers. And just like myself, you've grown, you've allowed something grow in between the waiting. Just like Joseph, you allowed doubt and confusion grow. Suspicion, maybe. And then you're suspecting if God, maybe God is not listening to you. Maybe God doesn't care about you. And you're, you have that space, that, that flower blooming in the middle of a request and a result. I want you to know that right now you might be in a season of frustration. But indeed, guess what? Some verses after that verse we read about frustration says this. God causes all things, good and bad, to work together for the good of they that love God and are called according to his purpose. This is my encouragement to you today. They work together. They work together. They work together. They work together. And so right now, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Because right now might be a frustration season. But that's not where you die. You don't die in the gap. There's an other side. There's an other side. So you can't, you can't afford to die in this gap. Because there's an other side. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God, for your words. God, I delivered your word, God. And I trust that your children would, have, would go over these words and pray, ponder, and listen to this sermon again for those who probably still need to understand it deeply. Because I know you might be like ambiguous in some sort, but I know that you, your Holy Spirit, would bring it and break it into pieces until it matches everybody's understanding. Father God, I pray that you'd encourage your children, God, that everything works together. The good, the bad, even the ugly, that they work together. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. May your name be praised. Thank you, God, for that you rode in majesty. You might have died like a slave, but you rose up again in majesty. Because with the slave majesty, I mean, dying as a slave and waking up as a majesty, in majesty, they work together also. Friday night and Sunday morning cannot be separated. Because you didn't just die and you, just, you didn't just resurrect without dying. You died to resurrect. They work together. And we trust you and we stand in this confident hope that you will not leave us in this night season. And that every night, for every night there's always a morning. And for every valley there's always a mountain top. We bless you in Father God. For everything God you will use, the good, the bad, the ugly. For they work together say we may say they work together say they work together say they work together